This week's podcast is brought to you by Massive, the fastest way to send and receive massive video files. Send uncompressed dailies, locked pictures, DCPs, and more with Massive. Keep listening to hear how you can receive 100 gigabytes for free towards your next transfer. Welcome to this, another episode of Frame and Reference. I'm your host, Kenny McMillan, and today we're speaking with an absolutely legendary cinematographer, DP Don Morgan, ASC. Um, he's worked in the industry for quite some time now and has pretty much had his hand on every multicam show that matters um, ever. I, I was going through his IMDb, which is incredibly long, but let me just pull out a couple, um, you know, just some choice uh, shows. Um, Home Improvement. Last Man Standing, The Connors, The Upshaws, which he was promoting today, uh, The Ranch, a few episodes of Wild and Out. He shot BattleBots. He shot Moesha. He shot the Boy Meets World pilot and the Nanny pilot. Uh, a whole bunch of episodes of Mr. Belvedere, The Jeffersons. Who's better than, than Don Morgan? Um, so I was just absolutely thrilled uh, that I got the opportunity to talk to him today. Um, and so I really think you're going to enjoy it. Nice little casual converse, conversation with a man who uh, is nominated for a bunch of Emmys this year. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting year for him, uh, as if every year isn't exciting for him. He's got a great job. Um, if this is your first time hearing Frame and Reference, uh, this is actually a weekly podcast that you can listen to over at the uh, Frame and Reference podcast feed. Um, so if you're interested in conversations with cinematographers, uh, sort of talking about cinematography, uh, go ahead and subscribe to frame and reference on your favorite, favorite podcast app and, um, give it a listen. It's exactly like this just elsewhere, but you will be getting your, you know, monthly dose of it here on the art of the frame, um, podcast feed. So pitch aside, um, I am absolutely over the moon to be able to introduce, my conversation with Don Morgan, ASC. To start, I ask everyone the same question, and uh, that is just how did you get started? I understand you were a musician at first. Kind of uh, in life. Yeah, you know, um, my music, <clears throat> my musical background was, was something I thought was going to uh, happen. And, uh, uh, you know, starting uh, starting off, you know, my dad was a musician. He played with Cap Calloway. He, he was a bass player. Wow. So uh, during uh, early, early life of uh, junior high school, high school, um, I was in a variety of rock bands. And uh, I thought we were we were out there ready to uh, get it all done and played some really uh, neat, neat uh, um venues uh you know there's like um during during the Jimi hendrix time you know yeah. in, in 69 and 70 uh there our our school my high school was a um very competitive in in bands so that was something that i thought uh was my calling but you know in the meantime i I took uh, architecture in high school and first year of college, um, graphic arts. And so I just always felt there was something to fall back on because, you know, sometimes you're, 
you're not uh, uh, making the money that you'd like to make. Um, the band lived lived together in um, in uh, uh, a house together, and so they didn't want to play uh, outside um, anybody else's music except for original stuff. So jobs were were far and in between. The disco thing was happening, so uh, rock stuff was. There was a time where you couldn't get work. So a buddy of mine, uh, I was, I was uh, cleaning uh, uh, Everclean building maintenance um, to uh, to fill in fill in the the gaps. And then uh, a buddy of mine uh, asked me, uh, "Hey, do you want to? Uh, there's a job. Norman Lear is doing some stuff." over at KTTV and I'm moving, uh, Kenny is moving over to uh, the uh, messenger and there's an opening at the, in the mail room. So I said, yeah, well that's during the day and then I can do my music at night. So that kind of worked out, went for the interview, got the gig. And, uh, but what was really interesting is uh, being able to meet do your rounds and then meeting different people in different departments and there's a whole nother life in uh, uh elsewhere than than music so uh in you know during that time i was working on my uh, communication skills uh you know by meeting people reading people do, do they want to talk they're busy and uh i thought that was a, a real good uh, lesson and, and so it would take me 20 minutes to do my route, but they thought it 40 minutes would, was enough time. So what I would do during, for those 10 and 15 minutes, I would go and sit in the audiences and watch uh, what they were doing on stage. Didn't really understand what they were doing, but it was always kind of interesting. You go by the, the lighting shops and audio shops and meet the guys that are fixing the equipment. And there was conversation. And I liked being outside, the guys in, especially the lighting shop, they're fixing the lamps in the sun and and I'm downstairs in the basement. And so uh, uh, there was an opportunity to get um, a job uh, on stage. So I was focusing on audio but lighting was always something there was kind of cool. Um, uh, so they uh, they asked if uh, I quit, quit the mailroom. Then about two weeks later, I got a call. Listen, there's a job in, uh, as far as on the lighting crew. So I said, well, I need to work because I haven't worked in two weeks. Uh, and that first day, you know, I walk up to the to the desk and look at the print. And so all my architecture background would just kind of take over and said, oh, I can read this. This all makes sense, what they're doing. And look up high, look at the print. And so uh, that was really kind of a very, very interesting day. They wouldn't let me plug anything in. I'm um, just sure. kind of just pushing the ladder around, just looking. And then when uh, the, the set was all rigged and we brought up the first light, no, no lights were on on the stage. Now you got that 45 degree paramount perfect angle. And I said, I'm, 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 I'm hung out, man. I really want this. Yeah. Um, so at that point in time, I knew that it was going to, 
the band gig was going to be uh, cut short. And so I tried, but then if you, if you're in this business, uh, okay, I'm, I'll be out at seven o'clock. Well, at t- when 10 o'clock comes, it comes around. Um, and they were saying, well, listen, the, the, the rehearsal still, you know, we're, we're waiting for you to come to the rehearsal. And so I, that was just uh, kind of normal instead of a, an eight hour call, it ends up being 10 or, you know, 12 right. or 14 hours. So I said, listen, I'm going to have to quit. And that really hurt to do that. But ever since then, um, I just uh, had those guys kind of tell me uh, one um, just once. And so I always would go in early uh, as far as work ethic, go in a few minutes early, walk the stage because there were five stages over at KTTV. And uh, Norman Lear was doing Maud, All in the Family, The Jeffersons, Good Times. Um, uh, uh, great day, great uh, setup all, over there. All, all the, you know, and, and so they were, they needed people. And so what was kind of neat is um, you'd be on a crew of five people. Well, two of the guys were lighting directors and three of the guys were uh, electricians. But then two, another two days towards the end of the week, um, there are two other guys would be lighting directors and the guys who were lighting directors were electricians. So there was always this camaraderie, which was really interesting um, that you would learn, everybody would critique and it would be a, a, like a game on how you are, are progressing. And uh, the gentleman that was uh, teaching us, his name is Tommy Champ. He uh, gave us the basics. Uh, Tommy did uh, Playhouse 90s uh, and, and was uh, his, his way of doing things were using multiple cameras, lighting for multiple cameras. And so those were the basics. And so uh, with that being said, you know, he said, do what you need to do, you, but you know that this will, this will work or get you out of a, a, a bind. And so I then started watching uh, black and white movies. And, and so I wanted to bring more, a little more contrast and bring something a little new, uh, you know, within the four camera world. Um, and then also you're, you're learning uh, how, how to uh, your three point lighting uh, and, and just different types of lights the different quality of light. And so all of that started to fall into place. And then my graphic arts, uh, getting um, using color separation and, and transparencies, uh, the f-stops all kind of came together. And so uh, I've taken a couple of photo um, um, journalism classes in over at uh, Santa Monica College. So that was something that related to uh, moving cinematography. So things, just little bits and pieces over time. And then they uh, moved me up to uh, Gaffer. So I was doing turnarounds um, at night. Then uh, within uh, a year and a half, I was the lighting director on uh, Good Times. So that was uh, something that was really very interesting, but it was, I look at a you know, some of the reruns t- today and, and, and my, sh- my 
<laughs> it was really rough. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, so that's been uh, um, that was kind of the beginning. And, and then, you know, you just uh, uh, then Tommy, all Norman Lear went over to Universal. They left the lot. And then I started they then they brought over uh, Three's Company. So I did about four or five of those episodes. But then Tommy said, listen, do you want to get your film card? And I and and I said uh you have to put in your one week notice now i was having four weeks of vacation you know i was on staff you know feet up on the table i could have you know uh stayed with that and but i said you know what this is an opportunity so uh, i said yes so we passed that show off and had a, had an opportunity. There was uh, a gentleman that was doing two shows, uh, the show Gloria and Silver Spoons. And so uh, I just, he walked, Tommy walked me up to the stage that Monday and uh, I walked through stage 33 and those doors really looked very big. The lot is huge. And there was just a lot of stuff going on that I had never seen before. And yeah. so uh, having that, be my first, uh, and I gotta say, being a lighting director or lighting designer is 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 a lot different than being the, the cinematographer. And I have to admit, I didn't really know what this what a cinematographer was and uh, or, or what the responsibility was. And that first day was one of the uh, most nerve wracking, but <laughs> I did okay because. Um, I had an operator there that was uh, really good, Vito Jimbalvo, just kind of whispered in the ear, you know, this is what we need to do. And so at lunchtime, um, I would go to the different stages and see what the guys were doing then. There was uh, Spielberg stuff. Um, um, uh, John Alonzo was doing Scarface, and I had met him. I was in-house lighting director over at Fox, and he said if he's ever on any of the lots, please come over. So I knew he was over there. So I went, dropped in on him. He was very happy. And so that was an incredible hour lunch of uh, learning. And uh, it just uh, been, you know, still till today, you know, you know, you're only as good as your last shot. And uh, I'm always trying to stay one step ahead of the, you know, uh, and just try to make it, make it and have, still have fun. So, yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny you uh I, I used to teach at New York Film Academy um on the Universal backlot. And uh oh, okay. And so I, I've heard a lot of that you know, you work in the industry long enough and not saying I have, but like uh you hear a lot of like, oh yeah, the, Hollywood used to be like more magical, more uh, more better, <laughs> uh be whatever, whatever. And then you hear stories like that. It's like, yeah, you know, I was hanging out on the back lot. They're shooting Scarface. So I went and said hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Know. You know, um, Spielberg had uh, amazing stories going. They were doing. And so um, uh, there was a variety of different DPs that were doing doing those shows. And uh, um, it was it was uh, a gentleman, uh, James Craig. Uh, God bless him. He passed away early on. Uh, mm -hmm. Had really good, good vision and and the um, uh, uh, no, I forgot who I was talking about. Um, yeah, but 
ha having the opportunity and being able to take advantage of it was uh, was was very cool. But you know, I got a little brush brushback because a lot of the folks that were doing features were, oh, I'm doing features, right? Yeah, features and, and television so, never hung out. Yeah, and so there was uh, that kind of energy in there. Oh, you're you're the, one of those DPs that do the television stuff, and I, and so I'm proud of it because hey, it was a uh, six bucks more an hour over there at Universal than uh, than than it was I was getting on Fox, and um, and so I, I'm a happy guy, you know. Sure. <laughs> it's a. Uh... You know, you actually jogged my memory a little bit earlier because I've always when people say like, how'd you start? I was like, oh, I used to be a drummer, um, but I always loved film, yada, yada. But actually, you jogged my memory. My back in high school, um, I was drumming, but I was never in a band. I was, you know, I, I was in band, you know, band class. And my dad was a um, drum corps guy. But uh, my friend um, Danny was in a metal band. And they, we would, right. we would go to different, uh, you know, venues, like literally playing in church, uh, practice rooms, which was kind of funny, but, um, just testing that out. And my first gig, so to speak, was shooting photos of that band. And I completely forgot that that was like, I, I had to buy a camera to go do that. Right. And that's, wow. and that's what got me into more into imaging. Cause at the time I was just like, I was too young to know what a filmmaker any any film job was you know i was 13 or whatever so i was like i want to make movies fuck it directing whatever mm, but mm. uh yeah that's funny thanks for that um what uh you had mentioned uh the four cam i always heard it as three cameras but what was kind of what were some of those things that um you were taught that were that got you out of sticky situations because i think obviously everyone says oh lighting for one camera is way easier than two and three, but four is, uh, yeah, intense. Well, seems intense. You, you just said something, um, little history on the three camera. Mm. Um, uh, during, uh, uh, Lucy and those types of shows, those were three cameras. And right. so, uh, uh, and that was a, a film term on the major major lots. And so, that's how they would approach the multi-camera um, uh, uh, things. Now, when Norman was started to do his stuff, it was always four camera. And so uh, when we started over at, on, on using pedestals, that's more of a television. You've got a TD that's switching. Uh, no, you got a switcher. Then you got a TD who's... Um, um, sitting next to the, the AD, AD is in the booth, and then director is, is, is clicking, and this is during doing a live show. Uh, but then when I went over to uh, Universal, it was a whole different beast because now you've got all these film terms and, and uh, the way film is being done, uh, the AD is on stage, which was the stage manager in television. So you got to, mm. okay, this is something new. Okay. Uh, director works on the floor. Well, at the beginning, they were, they did have trucks up in there and people were in, in the trucks trying to bring, they were trying to bring the television onto the lot there, but it really became really comfortable when the director is on the floor and now they would call 
needed cinematographer. And so I'm still, uh, what was really interesting, you've got a camera coordinator and they keep track of all the shots that, because everything's rapid. You've got, right. you know, within a half hour of show, live show, you've got almost 300 shots. And so to, to, to take time, go through me, uh, ultimately I have the final say or of continuity look and, and everything else that's necessary. But uh, I'm watching everything uh, for, for, for sets, people, close-ups, um, uh, boom shadows, you know, it just, there's, there's so many things that we have to go through that I've got my own little switcher that doesn't go to the audience. And you've got an audience switcher doing a rough cut. And so uh, I just felt that we would, ha we have to light for multiple ang ang angles. But then, you know, within that space, what I try to do is keep the lights, keep my lighting off the wall. So mm -hmm. then I can create my depth. Now, you know, with the passage of time, concepts change, you see something in a feature, how can I adapt that into a multi-camera situation? So that, that's always been uh, a challenge, you know? And so I, with the, the new, inventions of new cameras, different types of cameras, textures, uh, color, color saturation, all the, all the, the things that you want, that brings uh, uh, a look that I think is really, uh, really fun. And I've had a lot of fun with it, experimenting. And so that's, uh, that's, you know, that's some of the things that I kind of kind of look at because it, it I think it's especially coming from narrative or, or just anything else uh, I think it's too easy to briefly look at a set you know you think of multicam stuff is like that sort of friends everything is lit there is no right. shadow um, how do you how do you kind of go through lighting a set to because I, I watched a few episodes of the upshaws and like you do get some really good depth and shadow and it doesn't look like necessarily a traditional uh multi-cam sort of set in that well, regard you know um it's got a very film i work i work from outside in and so i'll ask i try to get in on the uh uh when they're putting the sets together as far as a design with the production designer. Like in the Upshaws, there were two windows there that weren't there before I asked them to put two windows there. Right. And so, and I was surprised that they didn't have anything because the, uh, the, the living room there, which is kind of really kind of uh, interesting, uh, is a, like a craftsman house. Mm. So I, we, I used to live in a craftsman house over in, here in Los Angeles. And so when I saw the back wall and it didn't have any kind of window there, I said, well, can we put a window here? It needs to be at least a five by three. Uh, so, so then I can bring in source and you can, and now playing with color that, that adds, um, uh, I've been really into uh, using color temperature different 
from outside inside. So as they come closer, that that those things really kind of change. And so you uh, being camera uh, two dimensional uh, and our monitors are two dimensional. Yeah, three D, but. Uh, I think 3D is dead. I don't know if it, I don't know if that's coming back again. It got too uh, many shots, right? Uh, so it's that really is something. But sometimes uh, using the back cross is kind of a uh, a go to type thing. So there's areas that I do use uh, back cross key because now you've got to leave room for the boom to come in. Uh, and it, right. it, and it's going all over, so you don't you want to get underneath that for a frontal. So depending on what kind of light you use, and um, I've just found that uh, um, as they move into different areas, uh, I use theater technique where the what it, what's not being used now it shifts in color, shifts in oh. intensity. So, so now as they come over here, these areas go are, are constantly, it's constantly moving. And so moving uh, just intensity. So your focus is on them and, and the backgrounds uh, kind of go out of focus or change color, time of day, but within the play itself, uh, doors go down because they're not at the doors, they don't need to be lit. So these are little things that uh, I've taken uh, a couple of theater classes in New York and 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 utilize some of uh, what they do in um, I sat in uh, Gilbert Hemsley in, in uh, uh, the New York City Opera where it was out here and just sitting with him as he was designing I don't know how I met him I was doing some show at the at the uh, some award show and they were came in and they, I, so I asked if I could come back and see what they're doing. He says, yeah, sure. So just seeing that really gave me some color ideas uh, of because with uh, theater, you're really dealing with the wide shot, but they right. use color in order to to create that 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 other dimension. And so I said I was just thinking I was going, well, I'm going to try some of this stuff. So that's been some things that, uh, uh, like last year, um, well, not last year, a year before that. Uh, <laughs> I they, did that too. <laughs> they, they allowed me to uh, play uh, with show uh, on the ranch on Netflix. And that was a, another one that was extreme. I mean, they wanted it to be the darkest comedy on TV. And so we did 80 episodes and that was really really even more challenging but uh ha having the upshaws people of color uh try to do um and you know it's funny is not that funny i i wanted it not to be so saturated the upshaws mm. but i when i originally went in and colored it they said they said that uh they meaning you've got showrunners you've got the network you've got producers uh and there's a list of people and me so right right so uh they wanted it a little more so i had to go back in and, and color color time um the show a little little more than what i what i saw it as so but i, I guess it worked out you know i'm I'm, ha I'm happy that our 
my colleagues, you know, gave me a, a thumbs up. Yeah. I, um, about the sort of grade on it. Um, what, what are you shooting on Alexa? Probably. Uh, no, um, just, oh. um, the, the Aries system, they are not ready for, uh, shooting multi-camera live. They're, oh, they you, just came out with that camera, didn't they? Right, right. Like a week ago. <laughs> and, and so uh, I'm using the the Sony F55 system from. Benavid. Oh, okay. They're always. I love that camera. And and so with that being said, um, what what's what's really kind of interesting is at least uh, with uh, the upshots we're shooting in 4K. Okay, and it it is S log. So that gives me a, a, a better um, dynamic range. Yeah, dynamic range uh, to, to, to play with. Now, say if I was doing something for, for Fox or, or ABC, they don't really, they're not really interested in shooting those shows in 4K. I've tried to do that as much as I can, but they only broadcast in 720. But at least with with the upshots, we were, were able to uh, um, do the full range and plus HDR. There, there's a whole another pass that, uh, well, they want us, what they want us to do is just do one pass and you grade both 4K and HDR. And that, uh, I'm not a fan yet, I would like to do just a separate, but it's cost too much money. And and these shows, as they put it, uh, the only way to make money is do the minimum. Uh, and that's why uh, sometimes at the Rec 709 and you're really co color grading on set and yeah. uh, they don't like to do much uh, in post. So we do have, you know, we kind of put it under a different line item for us to, get in there and, and do some color grading. Yeah, you know. It was, it was interesting cause I turned it on and my TV is like an HDR TV and uh, it just goes Dolby vision. And I was like, really? Right. right. <laughs> but you know, it's funny cause I, I really haven't seen any of the finals in, in the total Dolby vision. Cause I, I asked to really um, color grade it in, in 4k because if you do it in, in, in HDR, it won't look the same as 4K. Right. So I, I just, I'm a little more comfortable with that unless we're going to do another another pass and it's a little bit too cartoon. Now, what you're saying is uh, a lot, some of the other shows, like for Nickelodeon and Disney, they are bright and cartoony, right. you know, and that's, and they've got even uh, their own little matrix, matrix settings that is just a flick of a switch and everything is vibrating on, 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 uh, on, on set and right. on mo a monitor. Uh, I, I set in for a buddy of mine who was uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Nickelodeon. I had never really done Nickelodeon show. And it was just kind of interesting, you know, uh, with that. And it, in my eye, I just couldn't, I couldn't get used to it. It was just, it's, <laughs> yeah you know it's it's funny that took me a long time to figure out what it meant because pe uh, when people would describe digital as electric looking it right. took me a while in like film school to understand what that meant that like insane 
vibrance that that film just doesn't uh, t- or whatever. I, I'm using shorthand that I don't even like because when people are like, oh, film does this. It's like, no, your your memory of film does that. I don't <laughs> memory of film. Right. 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 Well, you know, it's nice to be able to do uh, use the newer cameras and, and they allow they actually a lot of the producers and, and networks want to go as much as possible towards the a filmic look you yeah. know uh, i always try when i go in for uh, a meeting um I, I try to pick their brains because i don't have uh okay i can i read the script i see what they're up to but they've already picked the production designer he's already done the, basically the set and so I just need to find out where, what their visual of what they are looking for. I ask uh, a movie or, uh, you know, hopefully not another t- uh, uh, TV show or something, maybe single camera. Um, Cause I could come in with, with my little stack of, of, of what I've envisioned it. And that's maybe be nothing, but I, could use the gig. So I try to find out first what they're doing and then I adapt what their their visuals are and, and it's it's worked pretty good sometimes. This week's podcast is brought to you by Massive. When you're dealing with 4 to 8K footage, you're dealing with massive files and massive files call for Massive. Massive spelled M A S V is a file sharing solution for the modern post-professional tired of data caps and bubble-wrapped hard drives. Simply create an account to quickly transfer terabytes of data over the cloud. Massive's pay-as-you-go model means you only pay for what you need, and there are virtually no limits to the size of the file you can share. Send uncompressed videos to teams around the world and speed up your production cycle. If you sign up today at massive.io AOTF, you can get 100 gigabytes free towards your transfer. That's massive.io slash AOTF for 100 gigabytes free. There's a really great texture um, to the Upshaws. Was that sort of um, figured out in post or is that just the camera naturally kind of has that almost grain to it? Well, what we what we did is, um, I, let me see, I, I did that over at level three Fred is my uh, colorist over there. And uh, I think with the combination of, uh, you know, no detail and using, uh, I think I used the glimmer glass. Uh, there you go. Uh, a number, maybe number two. Right? It might be number one, one or two. I forgot which ones. See, um, because of how we shoot, it's all in zoom lenses. Okay. And so the outside cameras, uh, you uh, are mostly your crosses, uh, close-ups, but nothing really comes any more than two T's unless it's it's something that they really want. But we try not to get get that close. But you do need you're into the 80s between the 80 and 120 on the ends. And now the inside camera are 20 to ones. Um, and and so what's kind of nice with the outside ones, I'm going back to that, is being in the middle of that lens. I love the the 11 one, uh, and it's just soft, and it just falls off, and right in the middle there's like, it's got a sweet spot. And so 
but when we go to our middle two cameras, you can see the, the difference. So I use a little heavier um, diffusion on the, on that. So if I if I go with not ones on the outside because they don't need them in the middle, uh, I'll go with maybe a two on the inside. So when they're cutting back and forth, that does match. And and as far as the grain, yes, I did put a slight film grain uh, that is so slight, but just a little bit of something there, and it just. Uh, I think it helps. Yeah, I, we. That's it's just something that I I, I like to do. But um, like on the ranch, we used um, uh, what's it called? Uh, um, oh, like uh, grain or uh, it's oh live grain. I'm sorry, live grain. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Live live grain, and I was using a 16 millimeter on that on that show but the cost of that per episode was too much to do on the upshot so within the uh, our uh, post board they've got a similar so i i didn't even want to really see it so we just kind of throw in about one point you know 0 0.1 0 0.2 and just enough to just you know just add add a little something and i don't think that even the producers know that it's there, but they know that something looks a little different. Yeah. I, I cause you know, I've, <clears throat> I just did a review of a program called Dehancer and it's basically try to film emulation and stuff, but they have their own little grain algorithm. And I was kind of comparing it to resolves. And, um, I do think that with, because of how, um, smooth digital is, just adding, just like you're saying, just like a little bit of grain, cause too much. And you start to, yeah, it starts to become pastiche, but, Right, right, right. It, but just a little bit gives some your eyes something to grab onto. Yeah, and that's always uh, that that's fun. Um, you know, not to use it too much, but if it calls for it, what's what's nice is everybody. I just have one skin tone issue that when we get into the darker tones in the corners, um, you sometimes see it, and so we, I, you know, I try to bring it back to where it, you don't it, you, i'm not trying to notice it it's even with the filtration you know right. but uh it it's it's not a a, a a vibrant show i and i try to keep it in a pastel tone and so that's uh that was something that um i, I maybe i did a little bit too much uh so that they want a little more life in, in their in the skin tones it's definitely you know yeah how has uh, new light technology changed the way that you light your sets? Because I, you know, back in the day, they were we were all using Fresnels and hard lights and whatnot. Well, you, you know, get a hot but, ass uh, set. <laughs> yeah, um, I do a combination of both. Sometimes uh, the uh, there's different types of now that that the chips that they're manufacturing are are really close together. So I could use a couple of different types of of uh, uh, LED technology and and it works, um, but uh, I've been I, I like some of the two by two panels that are real thin, and I put them together, and so you can put them up right up next to the wall, and so that gives you uh, a, a wraparound that really is is kind of cool. So and then I can dial in uh, color balance camera 
and then I can then you really see the color change on set if I wanted it at 4,000 outside and 3,200 or even 2,900 inside. Um, there's you see that that couple hundred degrees uh, a difference, and so um, that's a lot of fun and help save on gels and. Uh, but, you know, there's nothing really like a, a Fresnel, you know, 10K at, uh, at, at, at 40 feet, um, not the intensity, but just what it does hardwise. And uh, I, I've just been, I always like to play with, keep that in the, in the back, you know, a nice cold lens that, you know, that's way out there. You don't need the intensity, but you can see it as a kick, especially in, on, on dark skin. Um, yeah. Uh, you don't need a lot of it, but the, the presence of it throwing from across the way is, uh, is just really incredible. Uh, do you have any tips on filming darker skin tones that people could, you know, use in their day-to-day -day cinematography? Well, you know, what's interesting, um, I think what you have to do is it's, it's, is playing towards the reflection, uh, you know, talking with makeup to to uh, to see the reflection of a light sometimes will give you separation, and that's what it basically is. You know, it, it depends. Um, people of color come in so many different shades and intensities, and and some darker folks absorb more light than others. Uh, mm. Is sometimes you do have to put in more. And it's uh, color and the size of the source, uh, where you can, if you if you use a smaller light, it does for some reason sometimes it doesn't dig in, and and you want to make sure that you see the reflection in the eyes, and and if you've got a uh, once again reflect you know heavy makeup, sometimes their faces are darker than their their um, arms and skin tone or their, their necks are lighter. So what I ask makeup to do is look at that, that if, if they need that lighter tone into, the, into uh, uh, the, the three or four points on the face where they don't need a lot, but just enough to kind of help because they'll be, uh, you have person of color and then uh, a white person or just a blonde person next to each other and that right. that is it, it it listen it's it's not it's not um easy but then again it's is how you set your camera also to uh it you know i i try not to i keep it at 90 percent or any and and never at zero so i that gives me a little bit of uh um uh latitude so in right. post i may have to put a window pull down or take up you know and so with that being said um but you know i i get calls for all different kinds and so i just i love to look at folks and what their uh what their skin complexion is and that has something to do with it also that you you can't hit hit too much on the side because if they if they have indentions or they're older Okay, so now there's all you, you're weighing this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, <clears throat> what was I gonna say? Oh, the the color temperature thing. So you, yeah. uh, where do you generally ride on uh, your camera versus your lights? Because for me, I've found recently that like, um, 
it doing like a really aggressive like 5600 back 3200 key just looks too unnatural it doesn't seem to right that, look that correct on digital no no um once again i i've been playing around 37 30 to about 4000 uh for outside mm-hmm. and so if they come close to your window it's just a little cooler um I'll play, I'll play inside um, 29, white balance uh, between 29 and, and, and thir- you know, uh, 29 and 3000, someplace right through there. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, and then sometimes I'll fill with uh, just ever so slight, slight, um, not use gel, but just bring up stuff my fill light to like 60%. So that's running at somewhere around 24, 25. And that adds a little bit of warmth and, uh, and bringing uh, what's, what's kind of, I bring up the bottoms of uh, all the, uh, the front off the body. And so it's just mm. this that I, that I play with. So if they cut to a wide, to wide shot, now it just looks like there's a fourth wall there. And so, all this is happening in motion when they go to this point. This point, uh, my three-point lighting changes uh, based on where they are in the in the set. And, and then we do use a lot of lights, but once again, as they move, I move and and paint. You know. Yeah, that's uh, I <laughs> sounds dumb, but you forget when when you're not like working at a level like you are, you forget lighting cues exist. Because I don't I don't have like a team that. <laughs> I don't, I don't get to ride with a DMX board every day, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, um, that, that's something that I, I grew uh, when I say, when I, when I grew up, there was a saying that was just don't dim it, uh, scrim it, you know? So <laughs> there's that also that, uh, I try sometimes not to, because you'll, uh, I went to this one set and I had a, this whole separate crew and they lit all their lamps at 50%. That's what they started with. And so I just didn't know how to work with that. I said, no, 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 no. We got to, we got to take, bring them up full. And then I'll work, work down. He says, well, you, then you won't have enough if you need to add. And this is how this one, one team worked. And so the color temperature, at 50% and then you're bringing it up to, you know, to 80 or 90, that's, that's a big change. And so now you're dealing with other issues. Um, you know, so I'm, uh, I, I like to run, run, start, start hot and then, uh, dim it, I mean, scrim it. And then if I need to take it down 10%, then you don't see it. And sometimes, you know, because we work at it sometime a frantic pace, I have to do that, you know? Yeah. And, it's something I don't want to. Then you got to deal with noise. There's, there's, it just it snowballs into, you know, the buzzing of, of. Um, but then what's nice of what the LED technology, you could bring it down, and st- at, at at 3200 and take it down to 50 percent, and that's a whole different texture of 50 percent of 3200 without screaming it. And so, uh, that's what I do like. Uh, we're using some of the uh, LED technology. Are you um, uh, using a color meter at all? Or are you kind of just trusting of the sources? Because that's a um, new fascination I've got. <laughs> no, no, that no. I have um, 
I do with a lot of stuff with my eye, but I do have a variety of uh, my meters in my little 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 uh, case. And uh, my crew, God bless them, they just bought me the top of the line uh, digital um, Spectra. And so yeah. the book on that is there's just so many things. Uh, I'm still, and this, I've had it now for about four months. I'm still, it's, there's just too many, too many things with this thing. And, I, and God bless them. And I've been playing with it. But there's uh, there's a lot of uh, technology out there that um, that I still need to get this this meter uh, together. Yeah, yes, charts. Do, yeah, a lot of charts. But uh, it's 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 interesting just because of the LED technology you can dial in uh, so many different colors and based on uh, a day base, fifty six hundred base or thirty two hundred base, uh, like different types of projects, I'll white balance at 4,000. And, and so it, the cameras respond better to uh, uh, LED color and, and, and some of the, the, um, the moving lights uh, when I do say a, a, a live show, you know, like a award show or something like that. Uh, my base light is 4,000 and, and, there's just nothing, nothing peaks. It just, you've got pure color and it just looks incredible. And I noticed, uh, I'll, uh, I'll go through people's set when they're doing a single camera. Like my wife is makeup artist. And mm -hmm. so she takes the, the readout of, of what they're doing with, with, with the camera. And so I'll look at that outside and the, uh, the information is, 4,000, but 3,200, and you can see the difference. And everybody, there's a lot, a lot of folks out there playing with, and I think you've got to really watch out because you can get into trouble if you're, um, I did this a little independent. I was just there as the gaffer helping out my, one of my daughters, she was producing this two-day thing. And this uh, young cinematographer from New York came out and he was all over the place. And I just stood there and I was just going, I, I followed him, what, what he was doing. But every shot was was set up different. I'm going to set the, I'm gonna set it at 4,000. I'm going to set it at 2,800. And he was coloring in the camera itself, which was actually kind of cool. But you have to know where you are or you, you'll, you'll get caught. There's no going back because now it's imprinted, you know. Yeah. No, there's def definitely something that I think is uh fascinating uh at least for me i i learned kind of i learned on 16 millimeter and mm -hmm. then you know right right when i got to college the like the 5d came out and all that and so a lot of those lessons carried over but we didn't have color correction tools like at all there was no you know and so now i'm finding it more and more interesting using the camera almost as as a straight up data collection device because the look can be so manipulated in post to a degree, obviously, like I'm not a big shift the white balance around guy. I kind of leave. I like I like treating the, the camera like a film stock, right? Kinda leaving it yeah. the way it is. But I'll I'll create my LUT in Resolve or whatever, drop it in the camera. I actually created um, I messed with the internal color response of the C500 to look more like an Alexa to use it as a B cam. 
so that right. when you when you hop in resolve it's just a one click solution but um the color tools i'm just absolutely fascinated i, I colored a couple features over the the old uh, pandemic because i wasn't shooting and uh <laughs> i've really come to appreciate how um how much fun it is <laughs> yeah no it's, it, it is um you know that's something that uh there's, sometimes there's so much money riding on this on these uh, episodes mm. and I've got four cameras and you know I, I start I, I did a couple of tests with this uh, with, uh, shooting some LED strips and and some uh, stereo tubes and and how fast can I make the change and will it send post in, into a tizzy? You know, right. um, so I, I that it is something that I have to find out with one camera, I think, or maybe two. You could you can do something like that, but yeah, yeah. But with four, I just you know to, to have the DIT keep up with that. I think I'm just asking for trouble, and uh, um, so I there's a I'll do it all you know based on uh, okay. Keep it at twenty nine hundred, and I'll work. I'll I'll work around it using outside sources, and it yeah. just it seems like right for myself. That's much uh, a little easier. But single camera, I'll I'll, I'll do some playing. You know, that's yeah. <laughs> is there um, is there anything any sort of uh, sort of tips or techniques that carry over from one style to the other or vice versa in terms of multicam versus single cam things that, especially working at that speed, I assume there's some sort of uh, workflow kind of thing that single cam people could learn from. Well, um, I think it's what's, what's nice about single cam that you can put a, and what it comes down to is the lighting and the height of the light lamp that you want to use. Um, you can put it where, you can put a lamp over there in single cam because you're shooting this way. But right. then, but in multicam, you've got the close-up over here, which is for sure in the middle of the side that you want to shoot that this guy's got a single. So sometimes you've got to play with uh, height, just really kind of look at um, – you don't need to light all the angles. If you can have one light do three things or two things and work within those angles, uh, putting camera in for multi, uh, there's that will um, help and that gives you, uh, if you can play it down, um, I, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say something. I'm, I'm, I'm up for another show also in the same uh, category mm. and uh, last man standing. Yeah, clip, yeah. Uh, that I, I, I approached each show a little differently and the clip that I, I entered for last man standing, I know this is about the options, but. <laughs> oh no, it's about, no, no, it's about everything. It's about, it's about yeah. you. Um, they were standing next to a window. So you've got, Somebody shooting through the window, you got Tim Allen. But then on the cross, Molly is looking out the window 
but it, that lamp is just out of the window. You can't see it, but you can see the source coming in. And then she turns around. But I didn't really, I keyed her when for this camera from upstage. So she was three-quarter keyed, but not, had a nice kick, which, okay, the window is my source. So that was something that was a filmic um, uh, that I could do. You could do it with single camera. I could do it with multi-camera. I was able right. to hide that lamp. And I'll always be aware of, if I if that can get hidden and not look weird, um, that was something that, I guess, caught the eye of, of our other peers, which... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh we'll we'll see what happens you know <laughs> yeah you've had a uh you know i was i was given a quick look through your imdb and uh i'm, I'm surprised that whole back wall isn't just statues <laughs> oh, yeah well that that i've got a few in the living room so. <laughs> you got you got like per room you're like well this is my favorite room so five of them will go here and then two of them are gonna go <laughs> you know you're you're we're always a little lucky you know uh during the, the 90s, uh, I was doing the home improvement. Yeah. And that, that was a five camera show. But oh, wow. Uh, we were using four pedestals, and it was really the first time that um, we used a six, uh, um, I mean, four peds and a jib. And so that being said, that the, I, I told all the directors that came through. And we had to hide Wilson's face all the time. We had to get up and over right. the fence and said, this, we're going to need this. And so we did openings and closings and transitions to all the scenes live where the jib had to come in there. And so that was a really great um, way to uh, just make those types of shows a little different. And, and I, I look at some of the, the shots that we did that it didn't get confusing. It was, it was I, I told him, I said, wherever the jib needs to go, we're going to light her on it and I'll make it happen. And so that was something that uh, the jib first, we'd set the jib where it needed to be first, second, third, and then the other cameras would come in and, uh, and, and pick up. Um, and so we were very lucky during a lot of the, these other type um, during those six, five or six years, uh, seven years that we were on. Uh, I won six out of the seven, I think, something like that. <laughs> very nice. Well done. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, it, it was it was a lot of it's still a lot of fun. I still like, you know, it's nice to to, to be recognized. It's all good. Sure. Know? Well, and with, uh, this is something I was actually wondering is, is the, uh, schedule of a, uh, you know, a multicam show somehow less stressful. Cause I feel like, because you know, the set, you know, where the lights are, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's less variables or am I well, mistaken? Well, so, so on, a, on, you have a basic set. I know where those those are, but you have to like the episode. So no okay. two no two shows are like everything is. There's a lot of st stuff that's there. If I don't need it, it's going. I just turn it off. Mm. So I, I think that that's 
Um, that's really important. You don't, if you don't need it, turn it off. It's less problems. Uh, a lot of times I'll just take everything out. And if I just need a handful of units, then that, that would call for the scene, you know, uh, especially in nighttime things. Um, or you've got the basic, but then you're dealing with sometimes two to three different swing sets that have to be dealt with. Uh, if you've got a Thursday, Friday show, and you're only on camera two days. So hmm. uh, the production meeting is like for a Thursday, Friday shoot is on Monday morning. And then what, what I, I will do then is talk with my gaffer. We'll, we don't know where they're playing. We just know if it's night or day, they haven't even put it on his feet. So we've got to put, as I call it, some meat and potatoes. So we don't overdo it, but I want to make sure that uh, then I'll come in in the afternoon before they leave and I'll ask if they put it on its feet at all. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. So then that <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. And uh, you've got some long running shows that they don't. The, the main thing is, is not to be on stage and do a lot, you right. know, so. Um, so that's sometimes tricky Tuesday. Uh, I don't come in in the morning. I'm it, there'll be a two o'clock run through. They put it on its feet and it's just rough. And that's mostly for the producers, but at least it gives me an idea of where they're going. So Tuesday night, after everybody leaves, we've got the stage to turn the music up, get the ambient. And then we kind of rough it in. That's probably the long evening mm -hmm. uh, Wednesday. After we see the run through, the network comes in and they write off on what, what they've seen as far as acting wise. What's funny is uh, producers don't really know what it looks like until it's Thursday when we're blocking. <laughs> and so I will really sometimes I don't get notes because I'll get notes sometimes. But if you do get a note, have a B plan. Yeah, I always have a B plan if in case that happens and you got to be oh okay just a minute then i say okay now what am i going to do here you know <laughs> so uh that's uh, and then uh thursday is uh uh you you block in the morning uh then that's when your actors are getting into uh, makeup and then um uh, uh then you you'll shoot a couple of scenes friday and then friday same thing but like all last year, it was all COVID, so it was all block and shoot, which now I'm really comfortable with that. Uh, but but now some of these shows are going to audiences, small audience, like from 200 to uh, 75 people. And um, yeah, from 200 people to 75 people doing a, a full live show on, on that second day. Uh, there are some shows uh, like last year, I did two shows. And so you're on camera Monday, Tuesday, but I'm, I'm jumping around with two separate crews, two separate everything, but you're never, right. I'm never on camera in two places at the same time. So, but uh, I'm able to maneuver. Uh, fortunately, last year I was, there was two shows on the same lot. So that uh, last one standing and the, the Connors, uh, the upshots were shot early on in 2000 and we they pulled the plug on it after seven episodes because of covid everybody right. was down last year 
And then everything started to rev up towards the end, uh, you know, around September. And uh, so, um, so like the Connors is Monday, Tuesday, and then uh, Upshaw's or the, um, the Connors is Thursday, Friday. So a good swing day is Wednesday in the early morning for the Monday, Tuesday show on Wednesday, a production meeting. It, it gets, it gets pretty, um, pretty hectic, but it's, it's all, it's, it's all good. It keeps, keeps you fresh. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it sounds like it's, I could, I could see how having a routine of some degree could make uh, life a little bit less, uh, less hectic. Well, what was really hectic about it is each show has its own protocol with the COVID and being tested sometimes five days a week because this show doesn't want to know about what you were tested with. They don't really care. They want to make sure that their test says, says no. So I, that was, that was really kind of crazy because, uh, everybody's all over town. And so you're driving to get the test and it's got to be in certain time and it's six in the morning. So anyway, um, um, (laughs) your nasal cavities start to get, uh, (laughs) (laughs) really, really. Yeah. Well, we are, uh, up on time, which sucks, but, um, this is a lot of fun, but, uh, yeah, it always, that hour goes by so fast. I'm like, should I just start? No one wants to hear a two hour podcast but I want to do a two hour. Right. Um, but I, I like to wrap up uh, everyone, every uh, podcast, just kind of asking uh, the same question to everyone. And that is, do you remember something in your life, either uh, a life change or, or a, or a piece of advice or something like that, that was given to you? It doesn't have to be the thing, but just the kind of the first thing that pops into your head um, that appreciably had an effect on your career. Um, I, I think, uh, what, what I do and, and I've noticed that I try to pass it on to everybody is, uh, treat people as you would like to be treated. Mm. And I, I think that, that, uh, you know, I can't do it by myself. And I'm I'm so appreciated uh, appreciative of my crews that that I use the people that I use and I really look look at that how how they treat their their crews and um, uh, you know I'm I'm these times are are, are really a uh, uh, little little crazy in the, in the last couple of years. I'm involved with uh, inclusive and uh, uh, committee for the camera guild. I'm chairman, mm-hmm. and so seeing um, new young people come into the, the the local, I'm really happy about, and uh, and they just need to be taught in such a way that they'll want to want to stay. And uh, I just um, um, just treat everybody that that you would like to be treated and uh, that's that has gotten me through a lot of turmoil yeah sure yeah hope well, i answer <laughs> no yeah that's great uh is there anything else that you'd want to plug before we take off um personal projects i don't know 
Uh, let me see. No, well, right now I'm starting up on uh, uh, next week. I've been off for about three and a half months. Uh, the Connors, mm-hmm. and um, I got. Okay, this has been an incredible. Uh, real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's five. There are five um, categories. Five entries. Cat. Um, five entries for. Um, a multi-camera show and I got three out of the five <laughs> which is a trip and I'm I'm really it kind of it's hard see, to wrap your head around yeah it's, it's really hard to wrap my head around and I just you know I, I'm I'm a little embarrassed about it and yeah. I'm proud about it and uh I just my colleagues I'm sure they're talking behind my back uh yep. <laughs> and and, and and I don't know why that happened. Real quick, okay. The Academy wanted to kill the multi-camera uh, category hmm. and say, and what they wanted to do was combine the single camera half hour and the multi-camera half hour together. And so there's a difference of- this is So different. <laughs> so different. We'd be up, our shows would be up against mandalorian you know and and some of these really nice shows that you know i would like to be part of sure and there'd be no way that the the upshots could that you know against mandalorian that just is is just not fair and it's not right yeah. so we all kind of put in two shows i put in three shows and i was really surprised they gave us five five um entries that there were five eligible emmys and to have three out of the five come up, I'm, I'm blown out. I'm a little embarrassed, but I, I just, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I had nothing to do with that. I didn't pitch, and and, you know. Hey, listen, <laughs> coach gets credit. You know. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, but uh, other than that, that's the only pitch. You know, um, maybe if know. you have a look, you see three different looks. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, Don, thanks so much for uh, spending the hour with me. It was, it was an absolute right pleasure. Yeah. And uh, uh, be safe, you know, and stay in focus. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you too, man. All right. Take care. Peace. Frame and Reference is an Owlbot production. It's produced and edited by me, Kenny McMillan, and distributed by Pro Video Coalition. Our theme song is written and performed by Mark Pelly, and the FNR Mapbox logo was designed by Nate Truax of Truax Branding Company. You can read or watch the podcast you've just heard by going to ProVideoCoalition.com or YouTube.com slash Owlbot, respectively. And as always, thanks for listening.